You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, there's the music. That means it's time for Animal Talk. Some of the best doggone pet people on the planet here to help you with your pets like the guy sitting across from me. Hi, I'm Brian Donovan. It's a glorious day here in Detroit. <laughs> it is. And at the other side of the helm. Uh, hi, I'm Matt Fox, and I am in total agreement with that man over there. <laughs> what, what, what am I, a weatherman now? He's a, that's all I can think of. That's a, it's a beautiful day in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> One minute past the hour, 59 minutes ahead of eight. Here we go. <laughs> wow, you've done that before. <laughs> Traffic and weather on the eighth. Uh, that's it. So, uh, my name's Jamie Flanagan, just making sure everybody has a good time. Animal Talk it is, America's Pet Show. Uh, Brian. Yes. I've been stung, man. Yeah? No, no, <laughs> not really. But uh, our, ne- our guest has... Uh, do we have our guest on the phone now? No, not yet. Okay. So is stung, bitten. Uh, coming up on the show, we have uh, Coyote P- Peterson. This yes? is this is kind of crazy. This is kinda... <laughs> so um, it's fun. He's a he's a big YouTube star. Yeah, and he's going to talk to us. He's got a new book out, so we're going to talk to Coyote uh, about his book, and we're going to get some help with the pets. And I got I got questions. For I got, yeah, I sure you I do. I, I should probably bring up a couple of one of his videos and. and Play a snippet, because holy smokes! As a bystander, I'm I'm kind of curious as to what's about to happen. So, and it like seizes up, and then it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, that is powerful. I can see why they call them cow killers. Oh, <laughs> oh that is some intense pain right there. <laughs> so that's kind of okay. that's kind of his YouTube channel. <laughs> that, that's his wow. thing. Um, that was him, an ant he was talking about. Him just too. messing himself up. You know, if I if I played that at just the right time, it would have sounded like a porn. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost. Oh, yeah. Ah. Uh, 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 so ooh. <laughs> it might have. So we got uh, he's uh, his uh, his YouTube channel is called the Brave Wilderness, and he has a series of different shows. I mean, he goes out and adventuring and looking at stuff and then hurting himself and uh so it, it'll be fun we'll uh, we'll talk to coyote peterson uh shortly he'll be ch- checking in with us and uh but there's stuff on the on the web that we wanted to check in i thought i thought there was something in here i had something saved uh life of a high school teacher first day of high school <laughs> nope these are these are how to write a manifesto. <laughs> yes. uh, margins, margins. Yeah, I thought I had a, I had a. Oh, here we are. Um, design dog designer, uh, designer dog maker. Sorry about that. Designer dog maker regrets his creation. The inventor of the Labradoodle believes he created a Frankenstein. Hmm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's really? one person who claims the. The, the rights the genesis to, of the, the Labradoodle? Yeah. So I was in a lobby uh, of a hotel in Toronto, says this article on the line, waiting to be picked up and taken to a venue where I was scheduled to give a talk. A well-dressed middle-aged woman was standing nearby, a sand-colored, curly-haired dog. I bent down to give the dog a friendly pat, and she announced to me, Molly is a purebred Labradoodle. Just like the one Jennifer Aniston has. It amazed me how intelligent people can refer to an intentionally crossbred dog as the Labradoodle as purebred. Yeah. Uh, the Labradoodle is a cross between a Lab- Labrador retriever and the poodle. It avoids all the negative labels of mutt mongrel because it's deliberate crossbreeding. 
Uh, and those people are marketed to. Uh, they market them uh, the pups, and they refer to these designer dogs, a label that gives a hint of sophistication and elitism. Uh, there are many designer dogs now, and the majority involve crossbreeding poodles and some other breed. Because poodles have, like, they don't have fur, they have hair, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So I, and that's, that, that's a kind of a, a hypoallergenic thing. Um, that a lot of people go for because a lot of people love dogs, but then they're allergic. All right. So perhaps the earliest appearance in the 1950s was a cockapoo, a cocker spaniel and a poodle cross. It never achieved that much popularity. Nowadays, one can find a golden doodle, a schnoodle doodle, a cavadoodle, roo doodles, rottweilers and poodles. Get me out of that mating <laughs> pen. Uh, Yorkie poo, uh, shits poo, a shih tzu and a poodle. A Maltipoo, a Maltese and a Poodle, a Poochan. You, you know our friend Nick over at Pecky, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, his, uh, his mother is Polish. Okay. And his father is Mexican. All right. And they intentionally bred and ma- they mated and came up with Nick. <laughs> and I've always called him a Poloxican. <laughs> <laughs> Does he enjoy that no. title? No. <laughs> no, but I say it with reverence. <laughs> A Poloxican. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what his problem is. Uh, so, but uh, this writer was fortunate enough to be able to meet and interview Wally Carnan uh, a few years ago, the man credited with the creation of the Labr- Labradoodle. So the, a guy named Wally Conron. <laughs> Wally Conman. Uh, Wally Conron. Uh, C-O-N-R-O-N. Wally Conron is credited with the creation of Labradoodle. Uh, he was... Uh, the puppy breeding manager for the Royal Guide Dog Association of Australia in 1980 when his boss set him to a difficult task. A blind woman from Hawaii had written them, and they wanted a guide dog that would not shed hair because her husband was allergic. Uh, Conrad said, oh, yes, that'll be a piece of cake. Standard Poodle is a working dog. It doesn't shed hair, so that'll be great. Uh, 33 dogs in the course of three years. They all failed to make the greatest guide dogs. Uh, and so he did the crossbreed. So the crossbreeding was to get a dog because the poodle just wouldn't train f- yeah. to be a, the guide dog. Mm. But the Labradors did. So that was the, the reason for the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he said uh, he's not pleased with his creation. You know, the, uh, not only that, the, um, uh, the, the poodle, the the eye uh, poodle, mm-hmm. is pretty distracting like in airports because they always want to walk just on their hind legs with a little tutus on <laughs> And, hey, do we really need that? No. Do we need that? Do we need okay. that? <laughs> I will show any Labradoodle I've ever met, though, mm-hmm. they've actually been pretty intelligent. They have yeah. very wise eyes. You know, any Labradoodle I've met, they have very wise eyes. I don't know why that is, but it's just what's the ones I've come across. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're good dogs. But, uh, it, you know, it brings up a lot of questions. Like, um, you know, when you, th- you th- think of value, uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, these days you can't place value on, on, on life, but let's, let's, let's go there for a second. Sure. You know, when you talk about purebred animals, purebred dogs, you know, the lineage has always been very important. You know, uh, oh, this one goes back six generations. They're all, they're all uh, show dogs and Westminster champions. And mm-hmm. then that, all that's out the window with these designer breeds. Right. And, uh, and the value, it's so funny because you take a, a purebred um, uh, golden, golden retriever, a purebred poodle, you mix them together, the offspring is more expensive <laughs> than either one of them. Isn't that weird? Designer, yeah. designer it, draw. Yeah. yeah, it just doesn't. Uh, but, I mean, you know what? Um, I guess uh, it's, it's, you know, if you can sell it, you know, people will buy it. And it's, um, 
Uh, that creates the value, right? Someone, someone saw somebody coming. Yeah. <laughs> now they have, uh, you know, Pomsky's and and and. Uh, I mean, there, there's an alphabet soup now of ducks, ducks and dogs. So there's there yeah there's lots you mix of, anything with a dachshund and you're on to you're on to good comedy. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> well, you know, you you heard about mine. What? <laughs> What did you mix with your weenie? No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> it didn't go very well because during the during the heyday of this uh, designer breed thing, I guess right. we're still in it. Yeah, I had an idea, oh, and okay. and it, I'd be the only one that uh, had. I wanted to mix a papillon, a samoyed, mm-hmm. and a meerkat. Okay, and I was going to call it a papsamir. <laughs> Dude, how did that name test? It, you know, not well. <laughs> no, not well. No. To my surprise, <laughs> to my chagrin. <laughs> How disappointing. Yeah. But, you know, not all ideas are going to soar like eagles. No. no. <laughs> oh, good Lord. It's opposite day today at, uh, at, at Animal Talk. <laughs> the, the, whole, the whole studio has been turned around. Yeah, it is. I've got I, a view I I've never had before. I'm actually looking into the, the, the shipping company. Normally it's yeah. like you're getting beat in the eyes by the sun yeah, in that yeah. spot. It's, uh, I think we're, it's the sun is starting to set a little sooner, so you're not... Uh, Blind? Not getting like blinded, it. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, Samantha's, if you notice, uh, Samantha's not here. No? Uh, nope. She uh, she got called into uh, work. Yeah? And so she abandoned us. Is so, she, yeah. She, she's not even, she can't she make a phone jo- call? She hasn't even joined the chat, thumbed up on yeah. the on the video or anything. <laughs> we feel so neglected uh, by Samantha, but uh, so we're going to get her working hard yeah. when we move to our new studio. Yeah. Looking forward to uh, some new digs coming up very, very soon, expanding the Podcast Detroit Network. We're downtown Detroit right now yes. in the Detroit Shipping Company uh, in the Podcast Detroit studios here. But Podcast Detroit Northville will be kicking off very, very soon. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to spending some time in the, the hangar, a co-working space out in Northville. It's a newly yes. rehabbed building. It's 140 years old. has a lot of history. And uh, there's going to be a brewery there. <sighs> North Center Brewing, yay! Co-working, yeah. Detroit uh, podcast, Detroit. It's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be a really cool spot, yeah. really cool. Hangout. So anybody in the Metro Detroit area, if you're looking at it, we're gonna we're gonna do a, a free podcast there, a free podcast day. Yeah, uh, it's like crack. You give away the first one for mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of the plan. But we'll we'll play a fact or fiction today. Don't be afraid. I don't know who I'm going to abuse with the fact or fiction. I'm not ah. sure. Oh yeah, we might pick on Brian today. Ooh. I'm thinking we might. Thinking, uh, I think that might be the route that that we go. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but here's a question um, about uh, dogs and energy. So, my dog has way, way too much excess energy. Sell uh, it back to the utility company. <laughs> <laughs> Sell all the energy back. Yes. So, yeah, my dog has way too much energy. We take a, a an afternoon walk and an evening walk, and has plenty of toys in the house to play with. But still, is just insane and doesn't settle down at night. Um, is this normal for dogs? It doesn't say. It doesn't give me a breed or anything or an so, age. No. So for all we know, it could be a papsamir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, gen- yeah. but in general, how do you how do you how do you help a dog that seems to have too much energy? Yeah, you know, some dogs are they're just wound so tight. You know, yeah. it's, it's hard to hard to run them down, but. The best thing to do is to cycle the energy. So you give the dog expectations during the day. So the dog learns that at this time of day, not unlike us, 
you know, at certain times of day, you feel tired and, you know, energetic. And um, so, uh, well, for us. That's me after 11 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it's tired all day. Uh, that's it. Two yeah. o'clock. And no. coffee's, yeah. coffee is <laughs> coffee is worn off and dragging butt for the rest of the day. And then at night, you can't sleep. No. Um, <laughs> the American, the meat, that's because of the meat sweats. The American, yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> Did you see those steaks I cooked yesterday? It's like, oh, you're not on Facebook. No, anymore. no, it's steaks the size of your head. Really? Like you, three of four of them. How do you how do you cook your steak? Like I, I go, I go, I go rare. Do you? Yeah. Also, you're medium, medium, medium rare. You're an yeah. aficionado, then. You're yeah. a real steak lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 harder to do the, a good medium rare at home on the grill myself. Uh, I've been I'm trying to get better at it. Yeah. But, uh, do you have your meat thermometer? And uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you like? 125 degrees? 130? Yeah, yeah. 90. Whoa, really? <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's moving, wow. anything. Body temperature. Right, right out of the fridge. <laughs> Body temperature. No, but how do we get the energy 98.6. <laughs> Talking about the meat sweats at night. But how do we yeah. get the energy uh, yeah. off of a dog? So what you, what you do is, uh, and I know what uh, you know. there's not a lot of detail in this, this email, but I'll bet at some point they said, you know, this dog's got a lot of energy. I know it's 10 o'clock at night, and the dog's got, I'll take him for a quick run around the block. You do that a couple times, then the dog's going to start expecting that, that walk or that yep. run to get that, that last bit of energy out. Don't do that. Uh, walk them during the day or run them at, at predictable times. Try to do it at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, the most consistent time of your day, if you have a little bit, of, you know, like maybe before work or something, take them out in the backyard, throw the ball for 10 minutes. They mentioned they walk, take them for a walk in the afternoon and in the evening. What about the morning? So you're yeah. trying to reschedule your dog yeah, to the energy yeah. level. So okay, yeah, makes sense. So yeah, you try to cycle it so the dog, ha- you know, uh, the dog has an internal uh, clock just like we do. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you get him used to that, he'll he'll settle in. But yeah, some dogs definitely are more challenging. I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to make it sound easy. Yeah, uh, for most dogs it is, but for some dogs, man, they, uh, you just they don't have an off switch. You mm. just have to do your do your best, and then. Um, you know, a little bit of chloroform on a handkerchief. <laughs> never does, hurt. Does this smell like chloroform to you? Uh, yeah, that's that's never a good pickup line. Used yeah. to be funnier than it is today. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it used to that used to be a great one at the. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> now it's like bouncer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're getting yanked out of the place again. <laughs> again. Yeah, you know. All right. <laughs> but uh, I thought of a. They I let thought, you back in. I, I thought of a line. I thought mm. of a line, but I don't have a, the complete joke around it. Okay, yet. okay, okay. It's like uh, okay. So the line goes like this, and seriously, this just popped right into my head. It's when the roofie kicks in that I can really be myself. <laughs> <laughs> I should have so. laughed that hard. <laughs> <laughs> now I can be myself. Okay, yeah. Um, I don't, yeah. You don't want to dig too deep on that one. You don't no, wanna... I don't know where it came from either. No. But um, maybe. Maybe the roofie was kicking Maybe out. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> uh, I'm not laughing. I'm really not. <laughs> All right, so here's what we're going to do. Oh, um, hold on, hold on. Before yeah. you get to that, before you yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen the new Dave Chappelle special? I, no. I saw about the first uh, 10 minutes oh of it. Oh, my God. And I sat there going, Dave, you can't say that. You can't say that. <laughs> Dave, I, I, I stopped with his Macaulay Culkin joke. <laughs> I, say, I haven't seen a single second of it, oh, so I guess oh I know my, what I'm doing. Oh, my God. Geez. I'm like, Dave, you can't say that. I love him. Well, his, yeah. The, his whole thing is it's open season on, on celebrities. You can't say anything because, you know, everything you feel uncomfortable about. I grew up in a time where there was, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, j- jokes on every nationality. So if you're Polish, there's jokes. Irish, there's jokes. There's right. uh, sexual orientation. There's jokes everywhere about sure. everything, right? Oh, yeah. you got to be very careful now. You can't. And, you can't. Yeah, you can't. And you Dave can't. Chappelle tore that to shreds. <laughs> no, the whole time, I'm like, you got to draw the shades before you laugh. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> okay. I was wondering if it kept going like yeah, that. Yeah, oh, it kept going. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's a genius. It, uh, he really is. All right, so Lauren is checking in the chat room. Yeah, uh, your, your little my peanut peanut. Oh. Yeah, and the she says we sound we sound echoey, and I was like um, trying to check with Dave what the live feed sound sounds like. Fun. Yeah. She called in to say we sound echoey. Yeah, she didn't well, have a question. She, she's, no, she's always in the chat room. Yeah, but I mean, she called to generally. say. She she, she reached out. Just do you guys to, have the echo on on purpose? <laughs> she wants like to hear that. you. I don't know. It's so. hard to see with my glasses. I can't. That's why Sam's over here usually handling. Can we tell none jokes? All this. Can we tell none business? Jokes? <laughs> none whatsoever. <laughs> I got some. But see, my aunt is a nun. Is she? She. We share the same birthday, July twenty fifth. Although okay. several years apart, and uh, she's a, a Adrian Dominican nun. She's back at the mother house in Adrian. She's ninety. Now, is is this the order of nuns that can only speak every seven years? <laughs> no. Have you heard about this one? No. Yeah, they're yeah, but they're the you only, heard about they're Sister, the only Sister Maria at this order that where they could only speak. Oh my God! Okay. To the Mother Superior every seven years. <laughs> What'd she say? All right, go well, ahead. She joins. No, I didn't know. She but joins the order, order. The, the order sure, of nuns. Sure. Okay? okay, and um, seven years go by, and Mother Superior uh, calls Sister Maria into the into her office. Say, you've been here seven years. Do you have anything to say? And she said, uh, my bed is cold. <laughs> Okay. And uh, Mother Superior says, um, very well. You said what you had to say. Uh, carry on. <laughs> Seven more years go by. And she calls her in. Uh, Sister Maria, you've been here 14 years. Do you have anything to, to say? The food is kind of bland. Mm. And uh, Mother Superior says, um, okay, you, you said what you had to say. Seven years go. Seven more years. So she's Another. been there 21 years. Right, right. She gets called into Mother Superior's office. She says, uh, Sister Maria, do you have anything to say? It's been 21 years. And she said, um, yes, I quit. And Mother Superior says, I don't blame you. You've been bitching ever since you got here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I thought that was going. Yeah. I, have, I have a couple that are way, they're more yeah. Dave Chappelle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with my aunt being a nun, it's yeah. pretty awful to say. Right. So. But uh, you should watch I'll tell the you, special. watch the podcast. is over the worst. Watch the Dave Chappelle special. He skewers every sacred cow you oh. could think of. it's oh. perfect yeah that was like just about 10 minutes in with the macaulay Culkin joke and i was already i was like going oh you can't oh you can't oh you can't oh you did i was watching it at school too oh, no. on my lunch oh, no. yeah really oh, yeah, no. i was that's how i was feeling today hey you know second day back to school yeah. <laughs> watch old dave Chappelle with the kids the you kids. know i was like y'all be quiet while hey. we're having lunch <laughs> eat your pb and j's we're gonna watch old dave Chappelle. Oh my God! No. <laughs> I was alone. Yes, yes. I was. I was yeah. definitely alone. Yeah, you can't even watch that in the break room. You can't even. You can't even watch that with the custodians no. down in the boiler no. room smoking cigars barely, and drinking whiskey. You barely you watch it in your own house. That's it. Like you said, you got to draw the shades yeah. before you can laugh. Oh, yeah, mercy. <laughs> Um, all right, so I'm I'm not sure if uh, Coyote's going to connect with us today or not. So we'll just kind of move on, and if Coyote comes through, brilliant. And if not, uh, we'll just say mean crap about him. 
till the end of time. Um, maybe we can get maybe we can get Bill Lambeer on the line. <laughs> Bill Lambeer, what were you there? Were you there for Bill Lambeer? No. <gasps> oh, you weren't there for. I didn't send you the other clip either. That's uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. There was a, there was a two separate clips talking about inappropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was right out of the David Chappelle show. And then there's a, a Bill Lambeer. Uh, we because we had Bill Lambeer on the show. When you remember Bill Lambeer? It must have been because Brian took took off from the show. He'd had enough with me. That's and, uh, the Detroit he, Piston champion. Yeah, he was part of the Bad yeah. Boys. He yeah. started a company called Lambier Packaging. My my brother actually drove a truck for him. Oh, does he really? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So what <laughs> what did he have to say? Uh well, it was uh, a gentleman named Bill Lambier. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Who had traveled down the Amazon River, yeah. but it wasn't the Bill Lambier. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it was a really fascinating story about the uh, uh, about the Amazon. Hmm. Okay. But we were we were expecting uh, our favorite Slee Stack, yeah, yeah, to join us, and so we were like, <laughs> you know, yeah. So we got a little confused uh, on our guest. But I got a question here for you, Brian. While we yeah. while we toy with that, so we got a three of this. We have a we have a breed and an age. Okay. You're a little better when there yeah, are yeah. breeds and ages yeah. attached to these things. Uh, we have a three-year-old Beagle Basset Hound mix. What oh, would you boy. call that? What, what is a, a beagle, beagle and a Basset, and a basset Hound? Um, uh, I don't know, but everything's dragging on that dog. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let, I'll tell you, before we do the, the yeah. email, we yeah, have yeah. The, uh, it's a it's a beagle yes. and basset hound. So yeah. it's a hound mix, and it's yeah. three years old. So yeah. a couple of things we that, that that should be happening with this dog. Yeah. He's he's full grown. He's fully matured. Three years. Yeah. So you shouldn't be seeing any behavior problems or anything at this point, unless there's something wrong, something going on with the dog, some sort of stress. Because right. once the dog is two years old, you pretty much have the same dog every day. Right. And if you don't, that's a warning sign because you know uh, behavior swings can sometimes um, be indicative of some sort of illness right okay okay so that's what we know so far All it's right. a hound it probably you know it d- doesn't uh, listen very well you know mm-hmm. a real attentive it's not it's not a golden retriever it's going to you know uh, jump to attention every time you you talk to him so go ahead so what we have here is it's been adopted <laughs> they've had her they've had her for about a year uh, and she suffers from separation anxiety. Okay. So not too uncommon with dogs. Is that uh, our hounds kind of attachy kind of dogs? Uh, not not really, no. But I, I, okay. I'll tell you what. If if you have a separation anxiety problem with a hound, mm. you got a big problem with that <laughs> with that bark you know, uh, when you leave. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Beagles tend uh, to be a little uh, more kind of clingy. More anything else? Do they I would not? say they are more than bassets. So, usually, yeah, yeah, maybe that's the yeah. maybe that's the part of it there. So separation anxiety. So we got her on Prozac. Um, I try to crate her, but she nearly destroys her teeth on the crate trying to get out. Um, she's slowly becoming comfortable in the crate. Um, I leave a worn T-shirt in there to help quiet her. That seems to help a little bit. Still barks when I depart. Mm-hmm. The neighbors are complaining. <laughs> um, what can I do to help her? You know, is, is Prozac a good uh, alternative? You know? uh, Which, is it actual Prozac, or is it, is it maybe they? You know, they, uh, there's a doggy, several a doggy drugs Prozac. they call. Yeah, dog, mm. doggy puppy, Prozac. Puppy well, she's Prozac. on doggy Prozac. Okay, yeah, a little um, bit for mommy, a little bit for the puppy. Hey, we'll see you <laughs> at two. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I would I would continue with this protocol that the vet has you on. Yeah. Okay, first of all, and secondly, uh, when you're not working. Uh, say after after your shift is over, your home or during the weekend, I would put that dog in the crate mm. as many times as you can ah. for about three or four seconds. Okay, Ooh. seconds. Yeah. Why? Because uh, dogs, um, they're they're uh, when they're put in a situation, the stress response is usually 
immediate. Mm. Okay? So if you can get over that hump of just the first few minutes, they're usually fine the rest of the time they're in there. Isn't that interesting? So it's just usually the initial, um, you know, the initial uh, uh, anxiety of it. So uh, you're watching TV. Mm-hmm. Commercial comes on. Take your dog to the crate. Put her in the crate, give her a treat, and take her right back out. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you put her in and take her out before she gets a chance to have that, that stress or anxiety uh, triggered. Okay? Uh-huh. So if you can do that, you're going to make progress. If you keep her in there and then she gets stressed out and then take her out, all you're doing is reinforcing the problem. Uh-huh. So wow. I, I would do a lot of that during the, during the uh, morning, evening, weekends. Wow. Try to put her in and out of that, that cage again before. So a part of this is also desensitizing, meaning, you know, I can show you something scary, um, but if you, if you see it enough, you go through it enough, it's no longer going to have the same effect. So the dogs. I don't know. Are, I've been teaching for 15 years. And, <laughs> it's uh, getting worse. You want to see day, something really it scary? Doesn't, uh, <laughs> it doesn't. Uh, it's not getting any better. Uh, 180 days at a crack. Every day this is worse hilarious. Than I walked out. It was like the la- last day of the, the, the first day, you know, two days ago, our first day. And uh, I walked out of my room. And, and our con- contractually, our, you know, in Michigan, you have to teach 185 days, right? Uh, that's how school years work out. They're 185 days. Okay. Uh, and generally, they're never more than 185 days because that's all the state requires. Yeah. <laughs> so I walk out of my classroom and I, I think to myself, I'm like, oh, 184 to go. Just in my head, you know, I'm walking, <laughs> just kind of laughing to myself. Having said that, I walk by another teacher. He's like, 184 to go. <laughs> and I'm like, You're all thinking he's a, he's the a same funny, thing. He's a funny guy like that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is so funny. I said the exact same thing. Dude, last week you were <laughs> – I said it to myself. You did not look well. Yeah. Last, last week you uh, – You were unhappy. You were unhappy. I was, I was mad with it. I was, I was upset with myself about several things. Yeah. So, well, and it was, it was, school was a, a part of the stress, but yeah, yeah I, was, I was displeased with myself on, on other fronts as well. So well, we, hey, thanks for bringing that back. We're, we're your friends. We can <laughs> – Sure, sure. What were you? What were you upset about? Oh, yeah, okay. Why would I'm good? Now. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. If I'm Jamie Flanagan, what would I? <laughs> what be could ups- you possibly? Yeah. What could I possibly? Yeah. <laughs> got a great household. You have mm-hmm. a cat. You have mm-hmm. your wife is mm-hmm. wonderful. It's you, you have family. It's it's uh, I, I don't know what you have to be I know, upset about. I, I don't. So that's it. That's okay. It. All right. So it's all gone now. All right. Thanks for dredging that back up. <laughs> <laughs> Count your blessings, Jamie. <laughs> oh. Um. I thought I had another because the designer dog thing just cracked me up. Um, if you could mix any two dogs, Brian, well, you said you the you you have your, your my Pap Samir, your Pap Samir, yeah. Matt. What about you? What if you were to mix? If you could mix any two dogs, uh, it doesn't have to be to have a ridiculous name like Brian. Sure. Has. Hey, you know what, that was what that was favorite? purely incidental. <laughs> I have no idea it ended up that way. It's just. Uh, <laughs> See, I, I've had beagles, I've had cocker spaniels, I've had labradors. You know, if, if I was to, are you talking more of mood or someone to hang out Just with? Just a dream pet. A dream pet? Dream pet. It, it would have to be a chocolate lab mm-hmm. with my cocker spaniel. Oh, okay. Yes. That would be my dream pet. The reason why is because my cocker spaniel loved to be around people. Mm. The, cho- the chocolate lab was very loyal at the same time. Mm. So... That's my dream pet. A chocolate cock. Yeah. A chocolate cock. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I figured it wouldn't take long for you to bring it around. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, okay. It's Matt's dream, not mine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay, so we, my dog is older, five years old, mm-hmm. uh, probably a little older because we're her second family. Um, 
Only had her for a year, but she's still not housebroken. Oh. What do I do with an old dog that's not housebroken? What what breed of dog? Uh, once again, devoid of uh, dog. Oh, okay. My dog know. is a mutt. <laughs> <laughs> five-year-old chocococ. <laughs> yeah, my five-year-old chocococ. Yeah, okay. go, go, uh, go with that. So this is the second family, right? Yeah. It, uh, they 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 adopted it from from someone who who passed, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't want to go dark there. So but yeah, so uh, it wasn't trained well by that person. Yeah. And so it's still, they've had it for a year, and they still just can't housebreak it. See, we don't. We at this point, there's a few things we don't know. We don't know if the dog has never been housebroken, hmm. or maybe was housebroken and being upset with uh, you know a change of um, change uh, of venue of, oh. of home. Yeah, homes and everything that uh, maybe it's. Having a relapse, it, we don't know the sounds, skill level ooh, of the new. It sounds like it, it, it. It's never been housebroken. Yeah, that's too so. bad. Uh, well, it's 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 it, it may not be real easy, but yeah. here's what you do. Um, I would just put the dog through the same protocols you would a brand new puppy. Mm-hmm. You get him home, you follow him everywhere. You take uh, you know uh, precautions with uh, if you can't keep an eye on him, he should be in a crate. Feed them at the exact same times every day. Put everything on a very precise schedule. Yes. Because then at least you'll get the dog going at the same times during the day. And he may not make that distinction between outside and inside, but if you get him going at the same times every day, you can make sure he's outside when he needs to be. So I would get him on a a very, very strict uh, feeding program. Don't worry so much about the water. The water will take care of itself once you control the food. Mm-hmm. So when I say um, exact feeding schedule, I mean if you're feeding them at, at 7 o'clock in the morning, right. don't say, well, 7, maybe 7.30 is okay or 7.45. No, 7 o'clock every day. Mm. Leave the food out for 10 minutes. At first, you might see he'll, you know, he might not eat enough. Other days he might eat too much. But after a while, it will become very regulated, mm-hmm. and uh-huh. that's going to dictate everything else. So once you get the dog eating at the same time, he's going to be eliminating at the same times, yeah. and then you got to uh, um, then you got to just make sure he's in the in the right place. So you're going to have to watch him. There's no shortcut. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to keep an eye on him, just like a brand new baby or a puppy or right. you know uh, uh, you know any any new you consistency know. is the key. It's absolutely the key. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with the food, you know, when it goes in, you're feeding them the same food every day, yeah. same time every day. It's going to be processed pretty much the same rate every day. Right. So that's the key. Okay. Yeah. Consistency is the key. Mm-hmm. So what about is it's uh, it's a person I know mm-hmm. um, has a, a chihuahua, mm-hmm. uh, and then another person I know they got a pug, and they they. They let them pee on the wee-wee pads mm-hmm. in the house. But the dogs have mistakes and go places other than the wee-wee pads, like, all the time. And they're like, I don't know how to train this dog. And it's like, it's like, well, put it on a leash and take it outside. Yeah. You know, It's yeah. not like you live in New York. Or another, neither one of these people live in New York. So um, they could easily take the dog out? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're in an apartment, but, you know, okay, walk down two flights. If I was a betting man, you know what I'd say? Yeah. If it's that easy to take them outside, yet they let them go in in the house yeah. on a puppy pad, they're probably not. They're probably pretty lazy with watching them. Okay, yeah, yeah. they're not. They're not being very diligent right. with watching the dog, and they don't really want to. That's why they got the wee wee pad. Right. That makes you even more lazy as a pet owner. Yeah, and you know, dogs learn through immediate association. So if you're not right there, mm. you know, um, you'll notice a common thread in all of my answers. Yeah, you know, you got to You got to have that. You gotta you gotta be there when they're making mistakes. You gotta be there when they're doing things right, so you can reinforce good behaviors, squelch the bad behaviors. But uh, yeah, you know you kind of profile people based on, like you said, 
you know, it's not like they're on the 30th floor of an apartment building in Manhattan. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, yeah. They're, it's not a thirty floor walk up, you know. Yeah, <laughs> take them out. It's a ranch yeah. in uh, in in Clawson, right? So, uh, yeah. So I would I, I would say that they're they're being pretty lazy, and right. the dog's never going to learn. And here's the other thing: yeah. once the dog starts going in different areas of the house, mm-hmm. even if you clean it, they'll be able to smell where they right. went before, and that mm-hmm. creates the habit of going in those places. So you got you know with the urine and the feces, you clean it up. You have to use a urine neutralizer on it. Just to get to totally get rid of that smell. Otherwise, they're going to go right back to the same spots. Yeah, wow. we've had a throw. Percy, our cat, his uh, he was in a. It's crazy. The shelters sometimes they have like blankets and things in the in the cages. They have a lot of cats in the cages. Some of these rescues, and uh, the cats just pee all over the, yeah. the towels and stuff. So Percy's got a bad habit. You can't leave towels on the ground. Because oh, he'll, yeah, he'll yeah. pee on him. He yeah. goes right back oh, wow. to his childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't pee on much, anything else. But see how strong a habit is? Yeah. The habits can be very, very strong. He hasn't done that since he was uh, uh, you know, in the yeah, shelter. It's, five, right? it's been crap. We've had that freak for like five years. Yeah, you but know? It's, wow. that, that's why we like to instill habits that we want and yeah. don't let them come up with their own habits because they, they can be sticky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Literally. Smelly and nasty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Don't don't leave a towel on the ground at my my house. You know I do the same thing. <laughs> you leave it. I'll pee on a towel if it's on the floor. <laughs> don't know where that came from, but I mean, uh, tell me about your childhood. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was bounced around from shelter to shelter. That's terrible. I but uh, okay, now getting back to uh, yeah. uh, you know this is short attention span theater here. Yes. So getting back to so you're okay this week. You're doing you're doing. Oh, well. I'm great. Yeah. yeah. No, okay. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Kids are back. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, you know we're on the the we're on the second floor. We're on a um, I guess this is a mezzanine. Sure. Overlooking the uh, you know the the, the bar and the stage yeah, here, Detroit right? Shipping Company downtown and Detroit. Last week when Jamie was holding the railing, right. I, I I I I could see that he was he was thinking about <laughs> it. He was thinking about <laughs> jumping over. <laughs> Nah. So as a friend, you know what I did? It's like, I don't want to be around for that. So I left as soon as I could. <laughs> they need to put a phone right in the middle. Right the, here. Yeah, don't. Uh, if you feel like jumping, please pick like... up this line. <laughs> oh, no. We're having a good week. Uh, what do we got? I think. I don't know. I think I want to mess with somebody. Oh, I boy. might have to torment someone. <laughs> they're going, they're going rock, rock, and, rock and paper scissors on that one. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Factor fiction. You decide. <laughs> All right, here we go. I got uh, three headlines. I don't have any of the headlines. Oh, you're getting them all. You're getting them all right at you because, Brian, you are going to have to guess uh, which of these okay. headlines is false. I'm, I'm down for this. <laughs> I haven't because seen squats. I can so. see. Well, I was driving, and Matt. Well, Matt was driving, and I was doing it in the car. So I was afraid that Matthew had seen these while I was while we were driving. Yes, I was paying attention to what you were typing while I was driving. That's how you're like that, <laughs> thinking there's no way I'm going to get shown up. I'm going to figure this out. All right, so uh, three headlines. Two are true. One is false. Made up for me uh, by me as I was driving down here okay. as a passenger. All right, three headlines here. Number one, robot deployed to listen for whales. Robot deployed to listen for whales. Headline number two, robotic mouse traps can see and hunt in the dark. Robotic mouse traps can see and hunt in the dark. 
And our third headline is EPA allows use of cyanide bombs on wildlife. So there you go. So three headlines. Robot deployed to listen for whales. Robotic mousetraps can see and hunt in the dark. And EPA allows for cyanide bombs on wildlife. All right. Now here's how I do my process of elimination. Okay. The cyanide cyanide bomb sounds preposterous, and that's why it's probably true. True, yeah. Okay, the the robotic, uh, the first robotic one, what was that about? Uh, Deployed to listen to whales? Listen to whales. whales. Uh, That sounds sounds believable, and there's a lot of robotic shit going on these days. (laughs) Especially in the ocean, yeah. Now, the robotic hunting, not mouse hunting, that sounds like you're parlaying the popularity of robotics. (laughs) To, uh, I would have to say story number two is false. Story number two is false? Oh, dude. Believe what? it or not. There yeah. you go. Wow. I don't understand why Sam has such a really tough time why with this Sam, game. Why is it so hard? <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it, it was a uh, yeah, process of uh, elimination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so yeah, there you go, Sam. Sam. That's how it's done. <laughs> If she's listening at the store, she's so mad. There you go, Matt. Though I'm gonna I'm gonna call on you to find yeah. a bad animal joke oh, at some point. Sh- all right. So we got plenty of time. Though. Right, we got time. Uh, I I messaged. I want to learn. I want to listen to hear, hear about these whales and robots. Oh yeah, I messaged. Uh, I messaged the the coyotes people, and they said, "Oh, we'll remind him to call." So who knows? He might he might chime in. Who knows? All right. Um, but yeah, I had these articles saved in here. There's a, a robotic whale. They're well, they're sending robots uh, off the Scottish coast. So they are little robots in kilts <laughs> heading out to listen for whales. It's an underwater robot listening for whales and dolphins as they move around the seas. And they're doing it between Scotland and Ireland. It's, um, it's a Scottish Association for Marine Science uh, deployed the, marine, uh, the machine called a glider off the Western Isles around August 6th. The robot is named Talisker, and it's uh, traveling south. And is off the northwest of Ireland, taking measurements of water temperatures, oxygen, the saline in the water, uh, the saline levels. Uh, Whale and dolphin sounds recorded by the glider will help the Scottish Marine Society. The experts understand about uh, their habits. So there you go. They run glider missions through the Atlantic and off the Scottish coast. And it's, uh, yeah, so it's just, I don't know what, what they're trying to prove with the data. To, to, to hope to about the distribution of animals where the dives occur. So, yeah, they're just trying to figure out the density and the population of the animals mm. in the straits there between Ireland and Scotland. So there you go. Interesting. Did I ever tell you about my business idea with robotics? What is your business idea for robotics? Uh, this is serious business. Uh-oh. Um, now, this would have to require, uh, require uh, I don't know, maybe like a nuclear-powered you know, batteries or something, because it, it takes a lot of power. Okay, so you have a, a, a robot drone, <laughs> underwater robot drone. Okay. has little robot arms that can pick things up. All right. It has a basket. And it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, connected to GPS and wireless. And from your living room, in your underpants, you'd be able to rent one of these underwater rovers and explore the bottom of the ocean. And anything you found would be mailed to you in the basket. Maybe, you know, if it's treasure or something, you split it with the, 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 uh, the government or the country that... Because, uh, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sunken uh, ships. Uh, and, with, and there's vast amounts of, of the, the ocean that is, is, is as of yet explored. Hundreds and hundreds of 
billions of dollars worth of gold and booty and pirate booty. <laughs> um, not to mention, uh, you know, um, casks of wine and oh, sure. all these. You know, wouldn't it be cool to just, you know, from your living room, just rent an underwater rover, and so you could have like a, a, a screen that you know that can uh, that has a, a live video feed of this thing, and just kind of explore the ocean and see if you can dig something up. And I don't know. Can you fit the Titanic into a robotic basket? I don't know, but if I can, it's mine. <laughs> so, and and of course the the the, the sound the whole time. You gotta <laughs> you right. gotta you gotta have right. just echoing through your house the whole time while you're doing it. Hey, ma, make me some meatloaf. I'm exploring the ocean floor. <laughs> Why do I feel like we should be playing Battleship right now? Um, all right. What do you mean I don't have a job? I'm a marine archaeologist, damn it. <laughs> Is that really the sound that it makes? I know you hear that in all the movies. But yeah, right? Uh, we're still on the air right now. If, uh, <laughs> if I can give you a different number, if you want to chime back in. This you is have, great. Have like 10 minutes Podcasting is fun. Isn't it, though? Yeah. This is what makes it most interesting. When radio is in its infancy. I'm underwater. <laughs> I've got a beeping going on in my ear, and I'm listening to a conversation. I'm taking a call. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, this is, is what that, it's like uh, in a submarine. You hear everyone like else's conversations. <laughs> and it echoes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad the mics aren't on. Oh, yeah. I'd be really embarrassed if some of this went over the. Uh... <laughs> so, Brian, do you want to introduce our guest? Yeah, uh, I want to introduce our guest with a, a little story of my own. Okay. Okay. So, uh, a few years ago, I used I, I took to jogging in the morning, like five in the morning. Yes. And this one particular morning, I was jogging, and I noticed this this lady was walking the same direction as me. So I was going to overtake her at some point. It's five o'clock in the morning, so I thought, ah, you know, she's walking the side. I don't want to. I don't want to scare her. So maybe I'll clear my throat. I'm thinking of all this as, sure. I'm, as I'm running up behind her because I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to startle her with my heavy breathing jogging past her, right? Sure. So as I jog past her, about 20 feet before I get to her, I, I jog off of the sidewalk underneath this tree. <laughs> and I, 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 I bumped into a bee's nest. Oh, uh, uh-oh. And I was stung in the back of the neck. Ah! So right before I got to her, I went... <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> and of course, you know, uh, so much for the best laid plans of mice oh, and men. So right? she was a little startled. I thought a lot of things right at that moment, but you know what I didn't think? What didn't you? think? I didn't think, huh? Maybe I should get myself stung by something else <laughs> and put it on YouTube. <laughs> but Coyote Peterson does this shit. Oh, and, constantly. Yeah, and he uh, and and uh, he subjects himself to this, and you know, just like. Uh, hot peppers, you know, the sure. ghost peppers, and there's always sure. something yeah, hotter, yeah. Right? right? Right. There's always something that will sting you or bite you that's more painful than something else, right? But so he actually looks for these creatures and submits himself to this, and then you see him writhing in pain. Bing, 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 bing. Fourteen million views. That's that's, so, that's it. So it our is, guest, yes, Coyote Peterson. Welcome to Animal Talk. Thank you for having me, guys. I, I appreciate it. That's a great story. I have to give you a lot of credit for jogging at 5 o'clock in the morning. That's, that's a feat right there. Yeah. And you know what? A few years before that, I was collecting firewood at a camp. And, uh, and I, was, I was stung twice in the face. And you know what I said? But you know what I didn't think? You know what I didn't think? Huh. Maybe I should do this again and put it on YouTube. <laughs> oh, wow. So are you, are you crazy? Is there something wrong with you? Or is there something? <laughs> no. Uh, so what, what makes you do this stuff? 
Well, that's a good question. As far as getting stung intentional by things, and just for the record, I think I got you beat with the bee stings. I've been stung 30 times in the face by bees wearing a bee beard. However, that was a bee beard gone wrong. It didn't exactly turn out the way we wanted it to. But getting stung intentionally, you know, while it's, it's created this phenomenon of bees on the Internet, the educational purposes and the sort of story then that we can bring to people to show you just how painful these things are, I guess just ended up being the right formula for the right place and time when it came to getting people excited about animals. And like you said, getting to, you know, to the tune of, you know, whether it's, it's, it's 14 million views or whatever the numbers may be, it's really just about getting people to recognize the fact that there's some pretty cool creatures out there that we really haven't heard of before. Yeah. And, you know, just to shed some light on this, um, you know, I, uh, in my early days, I trained dogs, attack dogs. And, um, when you, you're the, when you first start doing this, you have to learn to feed a dog your arm. You have to, it's the most anti-intuitive thing in the world uh, to subject right. yourself to, to danger. So I just want people to know that when you do this, and I know, you, you know, you, uh, you know, a lot of it is, is the camera and you're very good at it and, and um, uh, sh- showing the people your reaction, but uh, there's, some real, uh, uh, there's some real struggle going on psychologically when you subject yourself to something that you know is dangerous and everything in your body going back 100,000 years <laughs> to when we used to run away from saber-toothed gnats or whatever we were back then. But, uh, um, but <laughs> we, you know, we've, we've developed this instinct to stay away from that kind of danger. So yet, uh, that's, is it, did, you, did you find that you've always been that sort of the, the, the type of kid who's, uh, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll put my finger on this, uh, this brick while you slam it together with another one? I mean, were you that kind of kid that would just subject <laughs> yourself to this kind of stuff? Well, no, I was definitely not the kind of kid that was like, huh, let me see how bad this would hurt. It, it really came down to just recognizing the fact that the audience um, was able to grasp onto these experiences in a way that people have not reached an audience with animals before. And if you've seen the episode that I did called Canine Attack, where I actually got taken down by the Belgian Malinois. So have you done this before, getting taken down by a dog in a, in an attack suit? Oh, I have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not okay, fun. So and it's it's this, very, you know, anti-intuitive to, to, to let yourself, oh, you know, get... Oh, it's, it's it's super intimidating, and and I was actually uh, a friend of mine, and, and I were actually mauled really bad by dogs when we were younger. When I say we, I mean he was mauled really bad. I fortunately escaped the encounter. You were able escaped, to outrun but, him. I don't have to outrun the dog. Uh, I just have to outrun <laughs> you. Well, it wasn't really an outrun. It was more about standing still and making yourself look big. So I backed down a German Shepherd uh, and the other dog. We got attacked by two dogs at the same time. Wow. And the dog that attacked him, I mean, it, 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 it was horrific. It, it, his thumb got bit off. Oh, oh his ear got ripped off. I mean, it was it was traumatic, and I was probably around eight or nine years old. I mean, traumatic to the point where I actually peed my pants in the process. I'm not afraid to admit that. Like, if you've ever been charged by a dog, let alone two dogs, let alone a German Shepherd, which yeah. to a nine-year-old is like a grizzly bear, oh, yeah. it'll scare the pee out of you. No, <laughs> no kidding. But yeah. when, when we did the Belgian Malinois takedown, the, the dog that I worked with, her name was Maya, she was only around 45 or 50 pounds. And oh. I was like, oh, okay, when you see her, you're like, you're not that big. And they, they asked me, do you want, and you, if, if you've done this before, you know that there's a couple different gauges of suit. So I chose to go with the thin suit that is just a jacket. I was like, yeah, this, this can't be that bad. Yeah. That dog beat 
the life oh, out yeah, of me. Not yeah. only was she able to pull me to the ground, but the force of ripping my arm around, like I had massive blood blisters all over my forearms. Like, yeah. it, was, it was rough. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's no joke. And, uh, um, you know, you talk about the bite suit. I remember one time uh, uh, when, you know, you get used to the fact that, okay, you run away and a dog likes, to, you know, the dog will chase you. You hear the dog coming up behind you. And you hear the dog panting. You hear the dog's, you know, footsteps running behind yeah. you. There's a split second mm-hmm. where you hear nothing, and that's because the dog is in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and uh, yeah, and then the, the second after that. And like you said, it doesn't have to be a very big dog. They the way they can whip you around uh, is uh, uh, it's very impressive. The strength that a dog can muster up when he's when he's in full attack. Um, now you know, uh, I'm sure you know the the story of Steve Irwin is not lost on you. Um, have you ever been in a, a situation where, you know, maybe things got a little out of control and you're really like, man, um, maybe I, I shouldn't have done that? I think we've gone too far yeah, with this one. Yeah. Well, what's funny about that is, is, is the answer to that is yes, but it's, it's also no. And the no is that it's never happened in the scenario where you think it would go bad, like me getting bitten or stung by something intentionally. Hmm. The most dangerous situation I've been in where the answer is yes, where it's like, this could be the end, has actually happened with human mistake or simply by being in the wrong place at the right time. Yeah. Uh, for example, we, we once came upon a mother grizzly bear and her three cubs oh. on the side of a river in Alaska. I mean, if you guys have seen the movie The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. it was literally the exact same scenario, and we were able to scare the mother bear and the cubs off, and she made that choice to go in the opposite direction versus charging and attacking me and my camera team at the time. Right. And had she attacked us, there's nothing to do. We, we would have been mauled possibly yeah. to death. Um, you know, but a lot of the other like incidents they, they sometimes do, but sometimes don't make, make it onto like YouTube channel or the, the content we film are, are human error. Like for example, I was catching sea turtles in Australia working with a team of professionals and I dove from a boat, grabbed onto the back of a 250-pound turtle, and it was so strong that it was able to pull me to the side, and I got hit by the boat in the process. The boat hit me and literally shot me out the back underneath the propeller. Like, the fact that I did not get sucked into the blade of that machine and chopped into a million pieces was a miracle, And, and that's honestly one of my closest calls that nobody knows about, but it's oftentimes, like, being in that moment where you're willing to take a risk to get the scene or have the encounter that can sometimes be more dangerous than the actual moment itself. So all the bites and things I've taken are well calculated. And my wildlife biologist, Mario, and I do an extensive amount of research, talk to medical professionals, and make sure that if I'm going to do this, what is the proper protocol we have in place in case I do have a bad reaction, right? Because right? it's usually the allergic reaction to a venom that causes somebody to go into anaphylactic shock or creates that scenario where you could lose your life. Right. But otherwise, I mean, you're going to get stung, bitten by things. And if you can seek medical attention in the right amount of time, you're going to be totally fine. You know, I watched a video uh, where you're being stung by um, this little wasp. wasp. It was a wasp. You got stung by a wasp. It looked like a wasp. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like it was a, a velvet you call, ant. You call it, a, yeah, a cow killer. Yeah. And you mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, that's a vel- velvet ant. Yeah, you, you mentioned that in the video that, you know, being bitten is one thing. And I've been bitten lots of times by dogs. And, uh, um, but uh, when, it, when it comes to venom and your body chemistry and how these animals have evolved 
to use their venom uh, for defenses. Um, yeah, there there could be some there could be some really bad things going on inside your body. You know, your you know things like uh, you know um, incidental things like your heart stopping, <laughs> or yeah. you know, or uh, your 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 lungs uh, uh, stop working. Um, so these are real things. So have you been have you been checked out against all these venoms and to, to know how your body's going to react, or is it just well you know we're close enough to a hospital to do this scene, so let's try it. Well, you can't necessarily get checked out in advance, but with a lot of these venoms, you know, the safety protocol is to basically say, okay, once you've taken a sting, and I've only taken a a very small number of venomous bites. I've never been bitten by something like a a rattlesnake or a black mamba or something like that. That's crazy, and we're we're smart enough to know that I don't take bites that are like, okay, this could seriously kill you quickly. And, And the thing with a rattlesnake bite is the hemotoxic nature of their venom Regardless of of use, you know how your body reacts. It's still going to destroy your red blood cells, and it's going to rot holes in your body, if not cause you to lose limbs. So, yeah. you know, I'm not that crazy. But with with the the insects that I have been bitten or stung by, a lot of that is based on the immediacy of the reaction. So, let's take the bullet ant for example. Like we knew this was a very painful sting, the highest rank sting at the time for pain. But we also knew that. You know, part of a, one of the rituals that happens in South America is that um, the, the, the native tribes will use bullet ants, transition boys between boyhood and manhood, and they will take hundreds of stings. So if a, a 9 to 16-year-old boy is taking hundreds of stings, I know me taking a sting, single sting should be okay, even mm-hmm. though I'm going to be in a lot of pain and there's going to be swelling. The odds of it killing me are very slim to none. Sure. But... If my body were to go into some sort of very negative reaction, we have epinephrine pens on location right there. So one of my, my specialists behind the scene would essentially inject that into my leg. It would shoot a rush of adrenaline through me. We'd have enough time to get me to medical attention. So yeah. it's yeah. very unlikely that I would die from those scenarios. But yeah. the thrill of what that is certainly creates a scenario where people are like, I got to watch and see what's going to happen. Sure. There's a really big can of Bactine on standby. <laughs> Some Band-Aids. He is, he is good to go. But there's a lot of good information. There's a lot of good educational information woven uh, throughout the, the in, insanity in the, in the brave wilderness. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14 million people following you on, on YouTube. Uh, is YouTube where you got started or did you start someplace else? Um, YouTube's really where it all, you know, funneled into a, you know, I don't like to use the word success lightly because success is capable in, in many different realms this, these days within many different fields. We feel very fortunate to have, have collected the audience that we have that are, are behind the concept of, hey, I want to learn about animals. Um, it's very flattering to have the, the following that we have, but with that type of an, an audience, starting on YouTube, it was a huge advantage for us because it's an international audience. And, mm-hmm. and now getting the chance, you know, the, the book that I, I just did, Epic Encounters in Animal Kingdom, and the new television series that we have coming out on Animal Planet, has, has risen us to a place where we're able to now share bigger stories with an even wider audience. And, and at the end of the day, our real goal, no matter what the, the dramatics are to get to that moment, it's about drawing people into a world of animals, and, and primarily the animals that you weren't even necessarily aware that were there. Um, the weird reptiles and amphibians, insects and arachnids, tide pool creatures. I mean, you know, lions and bears and elephants and these things, while they are 
equally important in the grand scheme of animals. People have seen them a million times over. It's the things that you haven't seen that you don't realize are right around you that are essentially aliens living within our own world are the things that we have found are the, the most interesting. And capturing that 14 million person audience and now what will then be even more so with the launch of Animal Planet, the Animal Planet series, um, really is, is, is pretty, uh, it's a pretty cool thing. You know, it's a, it's a very yeah. flattering thing, but a, a very cool thing to get people excited about animals. I mean, that's what really drives us. Well, you know, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to kind of rip off your idea and I'm going to uh, yeah. start a YouTube channel where I just get stung by Tinder dates. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like are you sure that's, that's you in the picture? Well, that's, that's a different kind of danger with the thing that's you a... could potentially be yeah. envenomated with. So I had, I had one sting me for, 22 months one time. <laughs> the worst thing of my life. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, so, so there, there is a bigger picture here then. You want, to, you want people to understand that you know, these, these animals are interesting. They're, um, they're, they're part of our world. They're things that you may not have seen or considered. Because you know, once, uh, once you open your eyes to what's out there, because you know, kids these days, they have their, their, their faces in their screen all the time. You know, they're, they're not right. really going outside and exploring things and finding salamanders and stuff like that that we used to do. Um, remember, remember those pterodactyl eggs we found when we were little, oh Jamie? Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Sat on it for a week. But, yeah. But, uh, um, <laughs> I mean, kids just don't do that anymore. I, I think that might be part of the, the interest in your, uh, in your channels that uh, I've never seen a red velvet. Uh, is it a red velvet ant? Yeah. Velvet, velvet ant? It looked like a yep. red velvet, little yep. red velvet cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Velvet, I've, I've never heard of that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. So is, is there a larger message you have? Well, that, it's a very interesting point, and I'll, I'll base it off of the term pterodactyl eggs, right? Like the imagination that it takes to think you found a pterodactyl egg, and then if you're going to sit <laughs> on it for a week thinking you may hatch out a flying reptile of some sort, that's what it's all about for us, you know? I mean, yeah. going, going out and doing the extreme stuff that we do, where I'm bitten or stung by stuff, really only makes about 5% of the work that we do. The, the core is promoting conservation education and really reaching a younger audience to say, look, I love that you walk on your devices. YouTube is the greatest entertainment power on the face of the planet. TV, of course, is up there as well. But if you can actually step away from that and say, okay, now I'm going to go out and have an adventure. I'm going to learn something from this channel to realize that, okay, don't get bitten and stung by this stuff. Identify the venomous or the poisonous animals properly, and then look at the ones that I can interact with safely. The salamanders, the frogs, the toads, the lightning bugs, whatever it might be that forms the curiosity that will essentially you know, sculpt you into maybe one day being a wildlife biologist or a conservationist or a paleontologist. I mean, yeah. you want to sit on pterodactyl eggs, you kind of got to be a paleontologist to do that. So all of those early learning, you know, devices and mechanisms that we create as kids, I am an adult form of that exact same kid. This mm -hmm. is how I grew up. And this is what I'm trying to bring to the rest of the world to be like, the outdoors is cool. But we have to use media to bring that to our audience. Yeah, so. you know, and, the, and the wonder uh, and learning never, ever stops when it comes to nature. I've been telling everybody about this, this story that happened to me just recently. My uh, contractor dug a pond, kind of a mud hole in my backyard, to drain some of the water because we had a really bad spring, right? And uh, mm -hmm. so I thought, you know, I kind of like that. Uh, why don't we expand that and make a pond out of it? So he was, as he was digging, now this is only six months old, this mud hole. He was digging it. It drained part of the, the shallower part, and there were fish in the mud hole. And I'm like, 
Is someone wow. playing? Is someone playing a joke on me? What? And you know, um, I, I you know got on the internet. I said, and uh, yeah, birds like herons and things. They'll eat fish, fish eggs. Then they'll land somewhere else and they'll shit it out. And uh, and the, and sometimes these eggs will hatch in little water puddles. And I had probably fifty or sixty tiny little fish in a mud hole mm. in my backyard. Talk about you know wonder. I mean. To me, I, I, I call it a miracle. It's like, yeah, a miracle in my backyard. You know, I get, uh, Jesus gave me fish in my backyard. <laughs> but, um, it, but, but nature does find a way, and it is, it is extraordinarily interesting. Um, and it, it, like I said, the wonder never ends. I remember watching Wild Kingdom as a kid, and, and yep. it's, it's every bit as interesting now as it was 40 years ago. So, Coyote— Well, absolutely. Oh. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no. So you have the you have the two books uh, that that are mm-hmm. coming out here in October. Yes, or are they out now? Uh, the, the actually the Epic Encounters in the Animal Kingdom comes out uh, next week. I oh, believe this, okay. this coming Tuesday. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. So the, the, all right, the Brave Adventures, tenth of September. All right, Brave Adventures, and what's the other one? Uh, well, this is Brave Adventures Volume Two. So there's Brave Adventures Wild uh, Wild Animals in a Wild World. There's the King of Sting, and then there's Brave Adventures Volume Two, which is Epic Encounters in the Animal Kingdom. Okay, so that's the newest one that comes out next week. Right, right. So, what are people going to find uh, in this in this newest volume? Um, what's cool about the Brave Adventures series is it catalogs some of the greatest adventures that we have over the course of essentially a two year period. So, they may be the most epic animal interactions or encounters that happen. And um, we designed these books. I really wanted them to be something that was of vintage nature, like the old serial Westerns from the fifties and sixties. So what's interesting about these, these books is my mom actually does all the illustrations. She's a phenomenal artist. So she has illustrated um, with uh, pencil and paper, all of the illustrations that fill throughout the book. And there's close to 300 illustrations in this new book. Um, and then, you know, I wrote the stories and it, it combines all together and it's, it's based off of the, the videos it's on YouTube, but gives you a little bit more of a cinematic insight to the story that actually happened and how the encounter went down. I love it. All right. So we got an issue, though, with the cover. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a squid on the cover it's of this an octopus one. an octopus standing next to a wolverine <laughs> this poor octopus needs water <laughs> what are you doing well there is some water in the foreground and yes i i will i will admit that with the cover how do you combine ocean animals in with land animals and give you that that design that's like okay we have all these different creatures within a same book. It's funny that you guys even mentioned that because when I saw the original drafts of that cover, I said to myself, hmm, is it going to be a problem that this octopus is technically out of the water? <laughs> but technically, octopus can spend a significant amount of time out of the water, and that's why you find them in tide pools because when that water level drops, they'll move from pocket to pocket, pocket to pocket. But you're right. How do you get all these animals onto one cover at the same time? But if I was a 10-year-old kid wanting to read an animal adventure book and I liked octopus, I'd this be, would definitely be the choice be, for me. If I was if I was a 10-pound tuna and I could build some sort of breathing apparatus and I could come <laughs> out of the water. No, all right, sorry. I'll, I'll but, tell you what though, um these uh the illustrations uh your your mother did all these illustrations. They, she is a phenomenal artist, I'll tell you that. She's th- these are these are very very um that's uh, sweet. Yeah, I didn't I art. didn't know that part of it. That's that's very very yeah. sweet. That's yeah. uh very very sweet. So what Yeah, my, my Go ahead. My mom didn't actually. My mom didn't do the cover illustrations. Yeah, okay, good. Illustrations that yeah, are I'm, I'm talking about. Yeah, and, I'm talking about the pencil drawings in the book. They're they're amazing. 
Yep. Well, thank you. She she greatly appreciate that. It's pretty cool to be able to work on an artistic project like this with your mom. And my mom is essentially the one that's responsible for giving me the childhood that led to this now adulthood of animals and adventure. So what's going to be, what, what can we look forward to uh, in the animal planet? Uh, what's going to be different? Are you taking it to uh, another level or where, where are you going? Where are you going from here? It's, it's definitely the next level. And I know a lot of people are like, Oh man, are you going to do crazier things with bites and stings and, and bites and stings do just happen naturally by mistake, right? So I'm not going into the Animal Planet series to do anything intentionally. This was our opportunity to work in a time frame and a budget frame that would allow us to tell bigger stories, right? So the Animal Planet series will be 30-minute blocks versus the average 5 to 10 minutes that we would do on YouTube. So we're focusing on, on animals that are more obscure, more bizarre, more misunderstood, and getting the chance to interact and tell a much larger story. For example, Last week, I was literally in South America and spent five days searching for and swimming with anacondas, mm. a thing that only a handful of people have ever done. And there's literally one place on the face of this planet in uh, Bonito, Brazil, where you can get into the water and swim with giant snakes in crystal clear water. So it's an experience that most people have never done and even fewer people have ever captured on camera. And, and what we did in the extents that we went to to get the good shots and it's just it's the next level of what we've done before. So we're really excited to bring uh, this content this coming year to Animal Planet and essentially the world. I mean, this is as big as an animal show has ever been, where you see a human interacting in scenarios with animals. Nice. I like it. I like it. So uh, bravewilderness.com, and then the YouTube channel is uh, YouTube Brave Wilderness. Uh, where, and where can people find uh, the books? Just all the online sellers? Yeah, it, it's uh, for pre-sale right now on Amazon.com, and next week, starting on the 10th, it will become available nationwide in, in bookstores and I think a, a number of other different stores across the nation. So we're very excited for it to launch and just very proud of, of not only the stories, but all the time and effort that's been put in by, by Little Brown and the artists that were a part of this process. It's just it's a dream come true to get to have a vision, want to tell a story, be able to put those words on paper and then have so many amazing people surrounding you to, to see it to fruition like this. It's it's a lot of fun to be in this position. Cool. Well, hey, congratulations on the, on the channel, the books, and the Animal Planet. And uh, we look forward to checking that out when it happens. We'll circle back. We'll, we'll chat again when the Animal Planet thing's in full swing, and you can tell us all, all about those adventures as well. That sounds great. I really appreciate it, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Be soon. well. Bye-bye. Yeah, fun. Yeah. Hey! Wow! So, <laughs> Stay safe out there, Coyote Peterson. That's that is <laughs> Stay safe. it. So I, I, you know, is it setting setting examples for kids? I was gonna, you know, but Here, it's just yeah, you know that well, uh, goes to what they they did on the internet. Uh, those cha- all those challenges, you yeah, know. Let's yeah. eat a Tide Pod, you know. You know, well, here, here's the thing. <laughs> Where I sit, anyways, um, it's interesting to watch people do that stuff, but. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. But I do want to see a reaction of somebody oh, getting sure. stung by, you know, some Asian wasp or something sure. that has a, you know, a stinger two inches long. What's, what's that like when he stings you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, get, I cry at mosquito bites. Yeah. <laughs> it is a dangerous business, though. You know, I alluded to, to Steve Irwin. Uh, you know, he, mm-hmm. yeah, he took a um, stingray barb in the chest mm-hmm. and uh, died mm-hmm. pretty pretty instantly yeah. yowza yes were you saying something Matt? no oh no, i'm just 
enthralled. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're going to say something now. Who's oh. Bad? <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. Here we go. It's time for the bad animal joke of the week. All right, so I'm going to go back to the beginning when we were talking about the crossbreeding. Yeah. Okay. Right? So what did the dog say to the hot dog bun? Oh, I don't know. What did the dog say to the hot dog bun? Are you purebred? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I thought it was going to be dirty. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we're 12. I was waiting for the film. Go, Matt. Do it, Matt. Uh, do it. Do it. All right, go, fine, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me find it. Oh, shoot. I got to find it. I got to find it. So a camel and an elephant are talking to each other. Oh. And the camel the elephant says, hey, why do you have two boobs on your back? The elephant says, or the camel says, that's funny, coming from a guy that's got a penis on his face. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Oh, that's going to do it, I think. We got anything else? I, I think that uh, I I like to to end on a high note and Matt, Matt thank you for that you're welcome <laughs> that I don't know if that was really high or not but <laughs> how do fi- how do fish get high how do they get high seaweed ah <laughs> Animal Talk Radio AnimalTalkRadio.com uh, and all the socials Twitter Instagram Facebook it's all Animal Talk Radio WearingFunny.com is the t-shirts and. Uh, uh yeah, so uh, send in pictures of your pet, and we'll put it in the pet parade, and get a T-shirt. Like, subscribe. Thanks Yay. for following along. Thanks to Coyote Peterson for uh, spending some time with us, getting connected. I'm glad we were able to hook up. It's pretty fun. So yeah. um, yeah. till next time, please have an exotic week, and kiss your wild thing for me. <laughs>